All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 
and I, I did my first hat toss too. It was a it was a big night, a massive night, one might say. Okay, so the people want to know. I love that we were joking on the show about you having to potentially curve your hat to get it on the yeah. ice. Did your lid make it on the ice from your seat? My lid made it on the ice from my seat. However, not from my throw. I did my ah, best. So you, Someone else threw it. I definitely saw it on the ice, so it made it, it made its way there. Were you even close? I was very close. I hit the top of the top of the glass. It was uh, stuff oh, to wow. get that little swing on it, you know. So, but yeah. someone helped me out. I must have got hit by like seven or eight hats so coming down. So it was oh, good. It was very. Fun. That's the fun part. That's the fun part about sitting down low is you get to then throw a bunch of other hats out towards the ice. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was funny. I obviously where I was sat was right behind the netting. So, like you said, they had to curve it. So someone over in that area of the arena too was getting a ton from. From my my side of the woods. <laughs> uh, Vander Kane, man, what a game. The Oilers come back and beat the Seattle Kraken 4-3 in overtime. Let's get to our Sherwood Ford giant game recap for the for today. SherwoodFord.ca is where you go to browse everything that makes this dealership great. You can also check their inventory of new and used vehicles. Uh, Liam, the Oilers' best player in that game, I'm just going to... This might be controversial. I don't think it was a Vander Kane. I think their best player in that hockey game was Stuart Skinner. Um, yeah, that game gets out of hand very early. If it's not for Stu, the Oilers were incredibly sloppy in the first 20 minutes of that game. And second half, man, second half of the second period, sorry, they were also terrible. Like there was not a lot to like from their performance, but in like a weird, sick, twisted way. I like that. I like that. They didn't play good and found a way to bounce back into the wing column there. Like, remember all those times I sat here and was like, this team is just unlucky. They will start getting luck and things will turn around. Last night was one of those games where you got the luck. Yeah, I think we've we've seen it times this season too, where they've actually looked pretty good and managed to lose the game. So it was nice to yeah. be on the, the flip side of it. But yeah, like, I think I was what the frustrating part within the arena was too, is like, okay, like, you can do it. You showed that you did it, and but you didn't do it for like fifty-five minutes, and it was a bit of a a biz, bit of a snooze fest. And Seattle, quite frankly, probably deserved to win the game. Joey Decord didn't have a a ton of huge chances that he had to stop, but when they came, he, he couldn't make those stops. And imagine what would have happened if the Oilers put that kind of pressure on that they, they they did when they were in Seattle, right in the first period, and and you go out and you can kind of cruise your way to victory a little bit, I guess you could say, but also. It's really good that they were able to win the game the way they did too. So I, I I kind of agree with you. It's good to have a variety of ways to to get two points, and the Oilers had to grind one out. And I think in those final few minutes, the the stars shone. McDavid was buzzing. He had that great chance right after um right after they scored. Evander Kane scored the second one. There. Shout out to Dar- uh, Donnell Nurse as well for making a save on in the neutral yeah. zone that basically prevented uh, prevented the uh, the loss for the Oilers. So that was big and. That's what you need, right? You need your stars to show up at a big moments for you. And the Oilers got a variety of that throughout the game. And now, hopefully, this is a bit of a momentum turner for you. You know, I think we've we've picked spots throughout the season where they've had their LA Kings game, we've called it. Yep. This one feels like a little bit different. They, they didn't need that frustration this time. They just needed their skill to take over. And they, they beat a Seattle team, which they are better than, and they proved it. So what Evander Kane had to say after the game, going into a long road trip, it was nice to come back, 
We've done it before and we needed it. The last couple of games, we've had some big third periods and we are starting to find our groove a bit. We spoke after the second period about how we needed to create some energy. Um, Evander Kane, he was the main driver of that energy. Uh, He picks up the hat trick, his sixth hat trick in an Oilers jersey, and he finishes it off in overtime. Five shots on goal. He was... He was absolutely buzzing all night and it was great to see him get rewarded. And I was texting a few people during the game and one of them was like, ah, that's three tap-ins. And I was like, yeah, but that's three goals where he just goes hard to the net. Also, the hat trick goal was an absolute beauty of a shot, but like Mm -hmm. go hard to the net, good things will happen. And Evander Kane was a perfect example of that last night. Again, I've made this point time and time again. The reason he is so frustrating is because when he's cold, he's just dead weight on whatever line he is and he's not engaged and he's undisciplined and all this stuff. When he is hot, he's a 40 goal scorer who plays physical. He's a unicorn in today's NHL, if we're being totally honest. And last night was a unicorn level performance from Evander Kane. Yeah, I I don't know what it ended at after the game, but he was second in the league and hits with 54 and then goes into the game and scores a hat trick. Like like you said, there's not many players in the NHL nowadays who who are able to do that. And quite frankly, I couldn't give two hoots if he's tapping them in or if he's scoring them from behind his own net. If it goes in, it goes in. And the Oilers yeah. need goals at the moment. And they have players like McDavid who are just going to dance around everyone or Dreisaitl who's going to fire one home from the face-off. Door. They need guys in those dirty areas to score goals. That's exactly what Zach Hyman did against Seattle the other day, and Dylan Holloway managed to do the same thing. Hyman got another one against New York on Monday, and now you got a Vander Kane going in, banging home three from, yeah, basically the doorstep of of Joey Decord's net. But it doesn't matter. They need these guys to score, and the Oilers are, are getting some depth scoring now. It'd be nice if the bottom six would contribute a little bit more. But yeah. either way, at least it's not McDavid and Dreisaitl who are the only reason why these games are, are coming out with two points for the Oilers. Offense. Yeah. Like they, I mean, they, they were scoring goals without those two on the ice. The OT winner was Hyman Bouchard and Evander Kane out there. And then you mentioned the bottom six, like at least they're not getting caved, right? Like I yeah. was just looking the two goals that were at five on five. Okay. Fogel McLeod and Ryan were on the ice for one of them, but still they outshot the Kraken. Like it wasn't a terrible game at all. Hamblin, Lavoie and Ernie didn't get scored on when they were on the ice together and they played four minutes and 33 seconds at five V five. So Again, the bottom six didn't get caved. The stars come through and do their job. Stuart Skinner holds them in the game, and boom, you find a way to walk away with a victory. And yeah, you have to get a little bit lucky, sure. But this team was unlucky for the entire first month of the season. So damn it, they deserve it. Like, they deserve games where they score on more than 10% of their shots. They were due to have these kinds of performances. Uh, The other player I wanted to zero in on, Liam, was Evan Bouchard. He had a gnarly turnover early in the first period. It would have been on the opposite end of the ice that you were sitting. It resulted in like an in-type partial breakaway. Mm -hmm. Skinner stopped it, bailed him out, and someone tweeted us and was like, how can you possibly defend this guy? He is brutal, and then just like went on and ripped him. But then what we see from Evan Bouchard down the stretch in that hockey game, I mentioned Evander Kane in a unicorn-level performance. What Evan Bouchard did down the stretch in that hockey game was unicorn-level. There is one defenseman on this Oilers blue line that can do the kind of stuff that Evan Bouchard does. How quickly and efficiently he moves the puck up the ice, the way he runs that power play. Um, And then you saw it on the Kane goal. Just excellent patience and excellent vision. Like to stop, stutter, wait for that opportunity to open up. And you're going to get a look at it here if you're watching on the YouTube. It gets rimmed around and like he doesn't just hammer that puck. He knows the guy's going to bite. They have to respect his shot. And then the little sidestep and the vision to go, I can see right where this lane is through a guy's legs, past a guy's stick, 
and put it right on his tape. That's that's a work of art. And then on the OT winner as well, it was more of the same. Like he didn't panic. He picked up a loose puck. He was in the right spot, settled back a little bit, and then delivered a nice pass to Zach Hyman, who who did the rest there. Like this was a bit of a broken play for a second. And Bouchard just, yep, wait, patient, down low, across, bing, bang, boom, game over. Bouchard was great last night, even though he had the one nasty turnover in the first period. And I told people, this is what we're going to get into with Evan Bouchard. People will not appreciate plays like that because they'll go, oh, but he had a bad turnover in the first period. And that's all they'll remember now. We can't let that be the thinking around Evan Bouchard. Like, when this guy's on, he is unbelievable. Yeah, I... (laughs) You got to give to Gat with him a little bit <clears throat> in many ways, right? And obviously, yep. unfortunately, some of his mistakes do end up in the back of the net, but he goes to the other end and he and he, he makes it up for it. And I, I, I don't love that every time. Again, the Minnesota game was dismal from him, but last night he was much better. And I know it's only been two games, but I feel like we're seeing a slightly different Bouchard under Paul Coffey, which is interesting. It just shows a little bit more. I don't know, confidence, I guess you could say, in the new with a new coaching staff. You kind of have that clean slate, right? That we've discussed. Yeah. But those plays to to Kane, especially on the second goal that Kane got, or the first goal, sorry, that's elite. That is an elite yep. play. And not many players in the NHL are going to be able to do that. And I think, like you said, a bit of a broken play on the third goal, uh, Kane's third goal. Yeah, if you go back and look, that whole shift is broken. And it basically starts because Bouchard doesn't make a sharp enough pass to Kane almost gets turned over in the neutral zone and it's a bit chaotic. But at the end of the day, that's Bouchard hockey. That's just what, it's just what he is. He, he's going to be chaotic in moments and you're going to be incredibly frustrated with some of the stuff he does. But at the other end of the ice, he's magic and he's going to be able to give it to you. And it's just the way he is. A lot of offensive defensemen have come through the NHL and done exactly what Evan Bouchard's done at the end of the day. But last season, he averaged, what was it? 41 points he got on the season. I think he's well on his way. He's a point per game defenseman right now in the league. Yeah, uh, he is tied for fifth with Vince Dunn in scoring amongst D-men right now with 15 points. The only D-men with more points than him are Victor Hedman, Philip Peronik, Kale McCarr, and Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes tied for first in the NHL in uh, in points right now. (laughs) You know who he's tied with, Liam? I've seen seen the people around him. Do you want me to tell the audience or are you going to tell him? You can tell him. It is JT Miller and Elias Pettersson. Pretty good. Yeah, that Canucks team is looking like an absolute wagon right now. But we'll maybe talk about that a little bit later on. Maybe that's a good question for us to throw Jason Greger because, yeah, that you look at that and you kind of go, oh, shit. Sorry, I'm adjusting how I'm sitting. I'm very uncomfortable right now. Um, but you look at that, you kind of go, oh, shit. There might be two elite teams in the Pacific Division in front of the mm-hmm. Oilers, and that's the Vegas Golden Knights and potentially the Vancouver Canucks. Um Oh, Jason Greger just retweeted that he's going to be joining the show. Thanks, Greg. I think that's good confirmation. Um, Continuing along with our breakdown of last night's game. uh, Again, five on five. This team was not good. Uh, They got outshot 13 to 11 in the first or sorry, 5v5. They got outshot 11 to 10 in the first. They got caved in the second period. The shots were 13 to five. But again, in like this weird, sick, twisted way, I like seeing them win a game that they probably, in all honesty, didn't deserve to win. Like they played mm-hmm. fine. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like they should have gotten run out of the buildings, but w- that wasn't like the Dallas game where it's like, oh my God, can you seriously not get a bounce right now and find a way to win this hockey game? Um, yeah. 
high danger chances were 14 to 10 for Seattle in that game. Scoring chances, 28, 18, like everything favored Seattle in that game. But Stuart Skinner just time and time again, bailed them out. And man, when you look at his numbers now in the year, he had a 914 last night. He's starting to inch back towards respectability with his numbers on the season as a whole, which is fantastic to see 880, 323. Like we are now moving in the right direction with all of this. Again, not a Picasso, but a win that should have this team sitting in the locker room going, oh yeah, we are an elite NHL team. We are a team that's won three playoff rounds in the last two years. We can win when we don't have our best. If we just, like Kane said, create energy and have a good third period. It's just, it was encouraging in just a really weird way. And I, I, I'm honestly kind of having a hard time even like putting it into words, but you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think just on Skinner, that's, this is why I don't like the the save percentage as a whole. It obviously tells its own story. Like Skinner wasn't good at the start of the season and now he's edging closer. But yeah, like these last three games, 944, 970, 914. I think the play that proved to me that Stuart Skinner is back and is in with confidence was right at the end of the game where Seattle was basically just cycling the puck around and the others were just chasing for felt like forever. And then Skinner makes that split save through the screen and the crowd the crowd really appreciates to see that one it's like mm-hmm. i think that would have gone in five day, five six days ago whatever it would have been right five six games ago and mm-hmm. it just shows where he is and last night i think all three of those goals not one of them was his fault he he was just good goals for him from seattle and maybe even a lack of effort from defensemen in front of him not trying to commit to being harder in front of the net unfortunately matthias ekholm was on for two of those goals and when you're that big, you just put the guy on his ass. Just take yeah. the penalty. Honestly, you can take the penalty. Your penalty kill was really good last night, five for five. And I would like to see the Oilers just sacrifice themselves a little bit more in front. They they did a good job of it last night, but it has to be better because all three of those goals were on the defenseman or the forwards backtracking. So take a penalty if you have to. Yeah. Again, like, yeah, that I, I even thought against the Islanders, they didn't play their best game. I thought, they, the Islanders were like crazy sloppy. Um, mm. The Islanders were crazy sloppy and the Oilers didn't do a good enough job of taking advantage of it. Last game it was or against Seattle. The Oilers were crazy sloppy and the Kraken didn't do a good enough job of taking advantage of it and just let the Oilers hang around in that game. You mentioned the penalty kill going five for five. Boy, was that ever a sight for sore eyes that shoots them up to 25th in the league now. So hopefully the PK is on the right trajectory here. Their power play goes 0 for 3 in the game though. And it's still like, it's had a couple of good games recently, but the power play probably still isn't where you want it to be. It's not quite at that elite level, but what we're seeing, and I think the first power play attempt, I think it was the first power play attempt of the game. The top unit didn't get anything going. They switched for the second unit and they got two shots in like 35 seconds. I'm wondering if we maybe need to talk about really switching this thing up. Like again, 25% is a fine power play in today's NHL. It's a good power play in today's NHL, but it's not elite. And I wonder if maybe there's a change to be made here and shoot me. If you must Evander Kane for Ryan Nugent Hopkins as a swap. I'm with you. I I think it should have been changed a few games ago. I, there needs to be something different going there. And it is evident that last game it was running. And the first goal was a very nice one. Even when Drysaddle missed, it was a great setup play. They recovered from it well. They got the second goal of, of McDavid yeah. Rush. But there's something missing. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins right now, just he doesn't have it. And Hyman and Kane are both going as your depth forwards in the top six, we'll call them. I think you just got to mix things up. 
give it a different look, see what it is. Even if it's, even if you keep Nuge, you could, you could do the three, right? You could go Boosh, Dry, McDavid, just on the first and second unit, and then just rotate two other players through. You could try right. that. Send out over the boards, go Hyman and Kane, and then those two go, and you put out Fogel and Nuge, whatever it may be, right? However you want to shake it up. But they've got to try and do something to give this a fresh new look and see if you can keep going, because it's still a top 10 power play in the league as a collective. But it should be yeah. top two, top three. Top one. <laughs> top one. Yeah, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> How did you enjoy your time with McMullet last night at the game? It was awesome. It was awesome. He, he explained to me why he, he wanted me to come to the game too, which I thought was very nice uh, because I didn't get to go on a nation. I didn't go on a nation vacation. And he said, you didn't get to see Devin Shaw play. So I thought it'd be great if you came to this game with me. And he's like, but unfortunately he's not playing. So <laughs> we didn't get to do it, but we, we had a great time. Uh, he knows everybody, everybody around him. He's talking oh, yeah, to everyone. Man. It was uh it was great. It was great to hang out with him. I'm, I'm very appreciative of the fact he asked me to do it. And yeah, he's a, he's a hell of a fan if you know his story. Yeah, he is uh, driving up, what is it, three hours for every single game, doesn't miss yeah. a game. Like It is absolutely insane what that guy does to support the Edmonton Oilers. He's mm-hmm. uh, one of the true, true diehards. I believe he's coming to Arizona with us, right? He is. He's trying to go to every single rink in the league. By the end of oh, next wow. season, I think, is his goal. So, he's, uh, so far, he's done Vegas, Vancouver. Uh, Calgary a couple of times, the few, only yeah. a few, but he's, uh, he's on the road. I love that. Uh, if you want to join us in Arizona, you can do so by heading to nationgear.ca. It is another nation vacation presented by Alberta blue cross hockey hotel flights. It's all included when you book with us through nationgear.ca and you're going to get to hang out with the boys. We might even try to do like a fun little live studio audience. Oh, every day. I think that'd be a cool thing to do. That would be good. And if we do get the chance, like I said yesterday, we will play Liam's game live. Oh, wouldn't that be? Oh, actually, I got a quick thing before we move on. I saw two former NHLers in Ford Hall yesterday, two former Oilers, one former PTO Oiler, if you want to guess that one. Give you a clue. He never signed. Chris Versteeg. And okay, do you want a clue for the other one? Sure. Oh, actually, maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was Troy. I thought it was Eric Brewer, but now I'm thinking maybe it was uh, Troy Bauer. Was that his name? Troy Brower? Why were they in Fort Hall? I don't know, but it was 100% them. They were there with uh, another guy and their kids, and they were literally lining up to go into the game. So it was definitely Christmas Deegan. I'm sure it was Troy Brower or Eric Brewer, one of those two. I can't remember. I don't even know if they look alike. That's just what I thought. Troy Brower was never even an oiler. No, from nor is Seattle Kraken. Yeah, I don't know. They were there. They were 100% there. There you go. That's a little weird. Anyway, um, (laughs) last night I was watching the game from the comfort of my bed as I Mm. battle through this nasty cold, as you can tell by my voice right now. Um, And I, with about 15 minutes to go, I had some pretty heavy duty cold meds. And with 50 minutes to go, I was like, well, this game's over. If I pop these cold meds now, I'll be out of it by like two minutes to go in the game sleeping by like the final horn and I'll get a good night's sleep. And then they start coming back and like my body one shutting down from the cold meds. Like I'm this close to falling asleep as Evander Kane ties the game and I kind of jolt up and I just had to stand up for the third period and just like, yeah, anyways. Leaning uh, against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Leaning against the wall, try to keep myself awake. Uh, but anyways, 
<clears throat> sorry, uh, I am fighting a bit of a cold. I did a radio hit with Jason Gregory yesterday and I went back and listened to it. It sounded like I was, pri- I just finished running a marathon. I couldn't get through like six seconds of an answer without being like, <gasps> one of those things that's going around anyways uh speaking of jason gregor he stops by on the star mechanical guest line edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company you can find out more at starmechanical.ca he's from sports 1440 and the jason gregor show you can stream sports 1440 or find it on your am radio dial or watch his show on the oilers nation youtube greg's last night the oilers extend their winning streak to three games and I summed the game up. I said, it's a game where they didn't have their best effort, their best hockey. They were sloppy for a lot of parts, but they found a way to win. And in a weird way, it's encouraging that they got a bit of a, in quote, air quotes, lucky victory. Well, they really had 12 bad minutes in the second period. Yeah. That's That was brutal. Their second period this year has overall been awful. They've been outscored 22-11. Uh, you look at this three-game winning streak, they didn't score a goal in the second period of any of the games. So, um, you know, their first and thirds have been better. Their third didn't start great, but uh, it's now minus five after being minus 10 uh, through the first part of the season prior to this winning streak. Um, you know, it was odd because, so it's a 0-0 game. And uh, they take a few penalties. There's power plays and stuff. And then coming out of the uh, uh, the power play, the lines were a little bit mixed up. And so Knobloch elects to go with uh, Hyman, Dry, Settle, McDavid, and they score right away. And it gets some energy in the building. And so the coach is like, well, maybe we'll stick with it for a bit. And uh, it obviously didn't work. Uh, they gave up three goals, not that line, but uh, but the team. And you know, he switched a few other lines. Then he went back to it. And so I think it's that's a learning thing where it's like, hey, yeah, you know what? It's great that they scored a goal, but let's just continue going with what's been going. Um, I like Knobloch because he's not afraid to give you what he was thinking at the time, right? People don't have to like it, but you respect when they say, okay, this is what I was thinking. This is why I did. It's like people freaking out over overtime. When I watched the overtime period, it's painfully obvious why the coach started two defensemen. If you win the faceoff, back to the defenseman, guess what? Uh, you go, the other guy goes right to the bench, likely Ekholm, McDavid comes over the boards, right? People freaking out. Oh my God, that's just terrible. Well, no, they had to defend. And guess what? They didn't give up anything. I'd rather have Ekholm and Bouchard defending for a minute. And then you finally get the puck back. And then you can put McDavid on the ice rather than have McDavid on the ice. You lose the face off. Now he's wasted his shift because all they're doing is defending, right? So it's pretty easy to see why a coach w- would do that. I actually like that strategy. And you know, normally, Drysaddle's got a better chance of winning the draw than losing. He just happened to lose it, so they didn't get any possession. It didn't really matter because uh, Kane and Hyman scored. So, you know, the orders, it wasn't a perfect game by any stretch. Um, it's two good third periods in a row for them, which is solid. Um, you know, there's still parts of their game. You know, Bouchard was Jekyll and Hyde. He was unreal offensively last night. And you know what? Uh, now, did Yamamoto hook him? Maybe, but... He, you know, Bouchard's never going to be this juggernaut defensive defenseman. So stop trying to think he's going to be. Just accept him for what he is. He's an elite offensive defenseman. Um, like he easily, Nugent Hopkins should have tied the game before Kane did, right? Like right after the goal, that pass by Bouchard was great again. And like you could see Nugent Hopkins look skyward. Like, are you kidding me? I had a wide open net and I missed it. So um, I thought Edmonton, bad 12 minutes the rest of the game. I thought, you know, they were okay and then quite good in the third. Yeah, in the first period, Stuart Skinner had to make a couple of really, really big saves. It was nice to have a night where your goalie's one of your better players as well. And I love what you said about the OT. Like, it was one of those things where I was surprised when I see the two D-men over the boards. And then you think about it for a second, and you're like, oh, man, yeah, if you lose the draw, have those two guys defending. And if the play turns around fast enough, then there's even a chance you can swap McDavid for Ekholm off the rush. 
And boom, you've Connor McDavid maybe out there against a tired opposition, which I mean, it actually almost worked out then. Like he had a couple of really good looks out there with Nugent Hopkins when there were some tired Kraken players on the ice. Well, they were tired. Justin Schultz was bagged. Yanni, did you guys see in overtime, Yanni Gord was tired. He went to the bench, but then Hackstall said, no, 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 go back out. I want you to take the face off. He was already tired before that final shift started and they lose the draw. And then they're, you know, they're in the zone all the time. And then Hyman and Kane come out, they're fresh. Boom, they score. You know, Evander Kane obviously is feeling a lot better health-wise now than he was last year. You know, he's looking more like the player he was prior to the wrist injury. Because even prior to the wrist injury, he was a point-of-game guy last season. So, or right about a point-of-game guy. So, you know, him and Hyman have stepped up here recently because, you know, McDavid's still not, for like, his luck around the net isn't great. He's setting up guys. No one's finishing. Uh, he's actually shooting. I heard you and Liam talking about the power play. I'll tell both of you. I think I would pump the brakes. They're 25%. Oh. It's seventh best in the NHL. So Here, Here's the thing that's happening. Nugent Hopkins isn't shooting like he was last year on the power play. He had 11 shot last year on the power play. He was at 11.4 shots per 60 and he scored this year. He's at seven, right? It's, you know, he's, what is that? 50% less that he's shooting yeah. uh, so far this season. Now, Bouchard and McDavid are actually shooting more, and it hasn't worked. I, I To me, I'm not really concerned about the power play. Uh, it's 25%, probably spoiled because it was 32%, but all it takes is is two good games, and you know they're back up at 28, 29. And really, like, they've averaged 29% for four years, which is stupid good. So I, I wouldn't be changing it just yet because here's the thing. Evander Kane's not a passer. If you're going to put Evander Kane in Nugent Hopkins' position, you're going to revamp your whole power play because Nugent is a quite a good passer. Yeah, you'd like him to shoot a little bit, but he's still a good distributor of the puck. Kane's not a passer. I think we saw when McDavid was out when they had Kane on the power play, guys, specifically on that one five on three, he missed like four passes in a row. Like Evander Kane's got his strengths. I don't want Evander Kane as a passer on my power play. So um, if you would rejig positions, you could do it, but I think the power play would have to to struggle pretty mightily before I could see them pulling off Nugent Hopkins. Like maybe in the second half of the year, if it's hovering at 21%. But right now, I, I wouldn't do that change. Yeah, probably a little premature. I was thinking more from a perspective of like, if you put McDavid more on that far side where Nuge is, and then maybe you have Kane in like that bumper spot in the middle of the ice, and it all of a sudden gives you an extra maybe one-timer attempt if McDavid's there, Kane's in the middle, and Drysettle's in a spot. Could even open up Drysettle because it's wild that we're, what, well, 15 games in the year? Dreisaitl hasn't hit one from his from his office yet this season. Well, it's because he's fanned on it like six times, right? Like that's they're getting the looks, but they're not finishing it. Like Dreisaitl, he, we saw it again last night. You see his body, like they're frustrated. Like Dreisaitl, I know he had the the massive game on Monday. It was great. He dominated four points. Good for him. And, and he played well. But if you look at his one-timer, it's off. He has, because I remember talking to Adam, it's like the best one-timers, the 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 puck doesn't always have to be right on a tee for you. You kind of draw a circle. And Brett Hall, Adam Oates explained, it didn't matter where I put it in the circle, he'd hit it. Now, he might not hit the net, but he never fanned on it. And right now, you know, Dry Settles fan more on one-timers this year than I think he did all of last season. Right. So I, I think that will uh that will improve uh moving forward. The uh, the power play is I, I'd be hesitant because the thing that makes them so good is is they move around a lot. Dry Settle, McDavid, and, and Nugent Hopkins, they rotate and switch positions. And I've talked to so many penalty killers, and like that's where it's a problem. If all of a sudden you're going to set up Kane more so in the bumper and everybody knows it, 
well, that's probably a benefit to the penalty killer. So that's why I think they'll probably stick with it because their mobility and their ability to give different looks, like sometimes McDavid's on the left side, but then the odd time they'll switch. And now dry settles over there. And especially the defenders like, what? Where is this guy now? So they're just not finishing, right? Like their looks are actually pretty good. They're just not finishing. Uh, we are still very early in the Chris Knobloch era. Coach Garlic, as we're now calling him. Um, but have you noticed any more structural changes in through two games now than maybe you did through one? Have you noticed him starting to change up the way this team attacks in like the neutral zone? First of all, why Garlic? Knobloch is German for Garlic. <laughs> <laughs> everything's better with garlic okay all right um i like the i like thinking outside the box on that nickname it's not it's not uh e n n y or s so i respect that you're Um, not gonna call him knobby yeah yeah or knobber is what they call him so um i the while i've seen it in practice that he really wants to try to eliminate the middle of the ice right Uh, they're working on some checking drills uh with that so that that's one thing that I think we'll see more of. Um, I was going to say continuity in the lines, but then we saw like he went away. But you know what's great about it? I like that he explained it. He went away from it. And I don't think he will again, right? Because uh, even, you know, if you talk about it from, from players' perspective, there is like, there's really wasn't a reason to change the lines at that point. I know that line scored and just say, okay, great. That line scored, but we've actually been okay. Like they weren't bad in the first period. And they really weren't bad up until McDavid scored first. But then, uh, you know, Seattle, that those line adjustments, it just got him out of rhythm. So um, I do think that uh, the one change I would look at, guys, I'm not sold on Derek Ryan on your third line. Right now, maybe Brown's the easy solution there, but they missed Dylan. Like Holloway added lots on that line and McLeod and Fogel. So that's something. But the other thing you will see, I believe, coming from them is, is they've really tried to encourage their D-man to move the puck quicker. So I've seen it a little bit and I, I still see it when, especially when you're live in the arena, you can see coffee coming over and talking to guys after plays, but just look at, and I know it sounds, of course they were always instructed to move the puck, but I think they're like, no, 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 move it quicker, move it quicker. So that's the biggest focus I've seen so far. Uh, Speed, you mentioned him, Connor Brown, Oilers are about to head out on a long road trip. You posted a great video from practice the other day of him taking part in like the three on three battle drills. It looks like he's close. Uh, part one, do you think we see Connor Brown in the next couple of games? Part two, where would you play him? Yeah, for sure. I think you're going to see him on, I think you'll see him on Saturday. Um, if it was me, I would put him in, in Ryan's spot. And then, um, like Raphael Lavoie hasn't done a whole much for me. I know he's a young guy up here. Um, you know, him or Ernie. Either one, pick your poison. One of them is going to come out for Brown. And But I will say this, guys. like I would probably give Brown a game, and then I'm putting Brown up with McDavid. I think he's your best option uh, in your top six. Uh, I think long-term, I just think he's a little bit quicker than Sam Gagne. Um, and if you actually look at Brown's game, if you actually dissect his shifts the last five games before he tweaked his groin, he was playing quite well. He's creating a lot. So um, that's where I'd put him. But he's a top nine forward on this team. And um, I, I see no reason not to play him there. I know they're traveling today. Um, I, I, I get why they practice him on the fourth line because the coach knew he wasn't playing. So don't practice a guy in the top nine. But if he comes out for practice tomorrow, um, I guess they could start him on the fourth line, but I wouldn't. I would put him in your top nine. And you're taking out Lavoie over Ernie? One of the, well, one of the two. I don't really care which one. Um, yeah, I haven't, sure. like it's, and I've always tried to tell people it is hard to be effective in eight or nine minutes. It's really mm-hmm. hard. So Adam Ernie at least has done it more. Raphael Lavoie is definitely a better shooter. It's not even a debate, right? 
Um, Ernie does kill penalties a bit, so maybe, but, and he's a natural left winger. So you're asking Lavoie to play the left side. You want to keep him in for a few games. I have no problem with it. Um, but I, he needs, he, he's had some tough defensive shifts guys. And you know, that's, it's hard. Cause I know everyone's like, well, he's a shooter. He's a shooter. Yes. But very few players come from the AHL and get propped right into your top six. Cause it's, it's a big jump. So um, I, I don't see him getting in the top six anytime soon. Um, I'd like to see him be a little bit more aggressive and assertive. You've got to play to that. It sucks, but when you're in that role, that's kind of what you got to play. You've got to be more aggressive and more physical. All right, last one I got for you. The chat's been asking it a little bit on YouTube here. Uh, how long can you ride Stuart Skinner for? Like, I, I would be worried about, again, overworking him at some point, but I understand you want to keep stacking up wins. Is there a game on this road trip that you see as an obvious spot to play Pickard? Well, he's won three in a row, so I'm not taking him out. And it's two days in between games, right? So yeah. I, I think he'll be rested. He's playing well. Um, they don't have any back-to-backs. So honestly, guys, I think you could wait till next Friday. You could play Stuart Skinner on Saturday. You could play him Monday and Wednesday. They play the uh, set Friday afternoon game in Washington because of Black Friday. So I know Oiler fans hate the time slot, and I get it. But that, to me, is the game. Now, if you wanted... You could, and I know it sounds crazy because Florida and Carolina are playing the two best right now, but maybe that's where you try to get the attention of your coach. And I've always argued this a little bit. If you think your best chances are to win Washington and Tampa, then play your backup in, in the one that you think is your least chance to win anyway, and you're not necessarily wasting it. Because what if you play Skinner against Florida and you lose, and then you play your backup against Washington and he's meh, and you lose that one too. So I can see the argument. To me, it's either Washington or Florida. It's one of those two. Yeah, heading into uh, like yesterday when I was on with you on 1440, I said, I think I'd play them against Tampa. They only have six wins in 15 games. But now that we're getting closer to the game, I'm kind of like, ah, you probably want the best chance to keep this heater alive. And like you said, two days off in between games, he should be pretty well rested for that one. So, yeah, I think you can uh, afford to wait a little bit longer there. I am uh, curious, Ty, about that game. If the local boy, Matt Tompkins we'll get a chance to play in goal for Tampa Bay. That was like, that's a, you know what? That's an unreal story oh. for, for Matt Tompkins to, to, you know, bounce around as long as he has and grind it out and to, to, you know, fill his NHL dream this year with Vasilevsky being injured and good for him. Like, you know, obviously Vasilevsky is getting close to returning. So, you know, it might end for now, but that you can't ever take those games away from a guy who's grinded it out for as long as he's. So uh, shout out to Tompkins, man. I think that's awesome. Yeah, a guy who went to Europe last year, didn't even play in North America, former Sherd Park Crusader. Yeah, I lied now. One more because you, you reminded me of it with uh, good stories. The Vancouver Canucks, they have the league's three leading scorers in Hughes, Miller, and uh, Pedersen. Legit cup contender in the Pacific? Are the Canucks or are they maybe just a step Oof. below? I, I think if, if, if we put them in the cup contender category, and, be, and you got to remember, they've also got an elite goalie, which is massive. Um, they've improved their defense. What about that Heronic trade? Uh, have people in Detroit been like, what the hell's going on here? Like that hasn't been talked about a lot guys, but Heronic is, that's an unreal trade for Vancouver. Like that guy's been an absolute beast. He's on 11 game point streak for God's sakes. And it, what did he shoot? 104 mile an hour one timer last night to tie the game up. So, um, I would say Vancouver would be on the bottom end of, if you say there's eight teams as cup contenders and you want to slide them in there, I, I can't really argue with that. Um, they've obviously got an elite goalie. They have an elite defenseman. They've got an elite forward and JT Miller's playing great right now. So, you know, obviously their five on five play has to improve. No question, but their power play is elite and they've improved their penalty kill. But to me, Demko is the big factor and they've improved their overall defense. So 
Yeah, I think you kind of have to. The Pacific, and I said this last year, the Pacific was good. Like, I mm-hmm. picked Vancouver to make the playoffs this year. Um, I didn't pick Edmonton to be a wildcard team, which is looking like what it might be. But, um, you know, L.A. solid, obviously Vegas. Like, the Pacific Division, you know, once Edmonton looks like they're kind of figuring themselves out here, you got four pretty solid teams. Yeah, you uh, certainly do. You mentioned Heronic. I remember early in the season, we had David Quadrelli from Canucks Army on the show, and he said, watch, Heronic and the Hughes will be the new Taves and Makar. And we laughed at him. We were like, come on, Quads, you're Canucks. And now we're sitting here, and it's like, oh, yeah, actually, that's probably closer to the truth than we thought it was early in the season. Uh, All right, Greg, thanks for hopping on. I know we kept you longer than we said we would, so appreciate it. No worries, boys. Have a good one. There you go. Jason Greger from Sports 1440. He is also one half of the DFO Rundown and a new episode dropped this morning. So you can go find that wherever you get your podcast from Gregor and Sarah Valley every Monday and Thursday. And of course, find Gregor and the crew sports 1440 live every day. You can find them online. Actually, you can stream that bad boy. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, all right, let's bring back in our pal Liam. Liam, uh, what did you learn from Jason Greger? Uh... Oh, I think I lost. I lost Liam. Liam is no longer. Oh, and Liam's mic broke. Well, you know what? It's a good chance for me to tell everyone about Star Mechanical, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. And it's been that way for the last 20 plus years. 780-481-8873. If you are looking for 24-7 emergency repair, they got you covered. Liam, do I have you back? I think so. Yeah, you do. You're good. Phew. Woo. That been a Most call. Yeah. That was, <laughs> what would we have done? <laughs> uh, I what did I learn from Gregor? I learned that he didn't like our power play idea. Although, no, I don't know if that was, I don't know if he fully got it. I feel like we, we were mixing around ideas there. Uh, but yeah, a lot of knowledge from Gregor. You learn a lot from him. I, uh, I like having him on the show. But I got, yeah. I got some things I want to run by you, Tyler, unless you've got something yeah. we got to get to. Nope, let's go. Okay, well, we should talk about the Adam Ernie elbow. No, that was pretty bad. He only got fined 2000 bucks. I thought that was an easy suspension. I can't believe he got paid. He got fined less than what Leon Dreisaitl did. That's really dirty. That was really, really bad. That, that could have been a game, to be fair. And I know I'm, a, I'm, I'm an avid hater of, of Adam Ernie, but mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of... A, it's, it's good to see the others are trying to play hard and physical against teams and making it difficult. But 
that the league can't allow that to just fly, you know? No, like again, the dry set of one, I didn't think it was as bad as some people thought because like it was a rabbit punch. I, I didn't think he could hurt Bo Horvat doing that in all honesty. Um, but this or anyone, like you can give a guy a concussion. You can knock a guy out for a couple of months by laying hits like that. Yeah, I, I was a, it was a dirty one. But uh, there, was, there was something else I wanted to run by you, Tyler. And I think we've spoke about this on a few other shows before, but never, not recently. The video tribute for ah. Yamamoto never happened. Yesterday. Tyson Berry didn't get one either. I was going to say Tyson Berry didn't get one. Devin Shaw didn't get one, but that's kind of whatever it is. I think that's a bit rude. If I'm being honest, Yamamoto was a first round pick by the Oilers played like 200 or whatever games he did. Had some big moments for this team too. Like the LA Kings won last season. Like, I think he deserved one. And I didn't actually know about Tyson Berry until I mentioned the Yamamoto one on Twitter, but those players deserve it. Like, where do you come out on this kind of stuff? I feel like teams have started to give them out too much over Mm -hmm. the last couple of years. Um, Like, I'm pretty sure the Oilers gave one to Matt Benning when he returned. I'm pretty sure. And they did give one to Zach Cassian as well. Um, I'm surprised they didn't get one. Yeah, like... Am I sitting here and am I going to get mad about it? No, like I don't even think the players really give that much of a shit about it. Um, but still, it's a nice gesture. And like you said, mm-hmm. Yamamoto was a first round pick here. Him and Barry were around for some really long playoff runs too. So I am a little surprised that neither of them got one. But I don't know. Team setting a precedent, I guess. Like maybe <laughs> you have to be here for five seasons to earn one. Maybe, but I the. It's a saying everybody uses, but the Oilers use it fairly often. Once an Oiler, always an Oiler. It seems to really go out the window when you don't do that for two players who were here during a, a pivotal time for the franchise. A, a moment when things really turned in a positive direction for Edmonton. And I don't know. I think I think they both deserve one. Devin Shaw, I will say maybe maybe just a quick hello, a little point to the ca- point to the camera or something like that would have been justifiable. But I don't know. I was kind of waiting for it. And then the game kept going by. I was like, I don't think they're going to do this for him. But it was, uh, I don't know, a bit rude. Sergeant Battle says, Barry was a cornerstone of this team for a long time. I'm more upset about Barry than Yamo. Yeah, I mean, both of them yeah. could have gotten it. Pradneski says, no, seven plus years with the team minimum to get a video tribute. And I don't hate that either. Like, I don't know. It's a small thing. Um, You know who did get on the video board at Rogers Place, though? The Who's Jonas that? Brothers. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about the, the Joe Bros, I believe the kids yeah. are calling them. They left pretty quick after they were on the Jumbo truck. Because I, I think they I, had to, I think they had to continue on their tour. I think they're in Winnipeg tonight. Oh, okay. How did they? Oh, well, it's a long drive, I suppose. I guess they probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have to leave. Yep. But I thought it was quite funny. They did the. They got on the screen. They awkwardly kept them on for two or three seconds longer than they probably needed to. And then moments later, like a few minutes later, they, the Joe Bros are out of there. They were not in the booth anymore. I could see them from my vantage point, but. uh Great for them to stick around. I think it's cool how they like walk around cities and stuff when they go and just kind of uh, amongst the people, I guess you could say. Yeah, they were like walking around the suite level. I saw our pal Chris Labossier posted a video uh, or a picture of his wife posing with Nick Jonas for a photo. So they were out amongst the people as well. They didn't just hide in their suite, which is kind of cool. Hopefully they enjoyed their uh, their I'm assuming it's their first Oilers game. I, I would assume. I remember one Christmas, Tyler, a little story quickly. Um, the Disney Channel, when I was young, on Christmas Day, did this vote for what TV show they wanted to just play for 24 hours straight. 
It was your classics, Hannah Montana, Jonas Brothers, the rest of them, whatever they were. They show. Yeah, it was called Jonas. And uh, it won. It won it. And I even know it was a show. And for 24 hours, it was just on the TV. There you go. And and you watched the whole damn thing. Well, my sister watched. My sister watched. I was ah, just yeah. uh, collateral Sorry. damage. Um, but our friend Kennedy at Kennedy's Trash on Twitter, uh, she collectively lost her shit when this happened. <laughs> um, this was her two worlds colliding. Um, I don't think she slept a wink last night. She was probably just sitting there watching the videos over and over again. So big day for people who are in the middle of the Venn diagram of Oilers fans and Jonas Brothers fans. Mm-hmm. They looked like they did a killer show on uh, on Tuesday as well. They they I learned a lot. I learned what red dress means too. So a lot of stuff going on, Tyler, in this city. Yeah, someone said, yeah, they have a Winnipeg Winnipeg show tonight. There you go. Sergeant Battle said Liam was on Sportsnet. He was. Um, mm-hmm. he was. JP says too many tribute videos. Yeah, I mean, like I kind of agree too, but also like I don't know, it's just a video. Um. <sighs> All right, let's continue along with the show here. We're probably going to wrap up the show a little bit early today just because I got to drive into the office for a new episode of the Real Life Podcast. Um, But let's get to the menu tonight for our friends at DoorDash for a limited time. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and use the promo code NATION25. That's all caps, NATION25. Liam, the NHL Global Series is underway, and boy, what a start for the Ottawa Senators. Six minutes to go in the first period. The Senators are already up three rip on the Detroit Red Wings. Statement game by the Sens out in Stockholm. Well, I mean, when you have Daniel Alfredson as an alumni on your team, I think you've got to go to Sweden and really put it together. But we're saying, I guess, yeah. Detroit have like Zetterberg and Lidstrom and Franzen and the rest of the gang there too. It's a, who are the other teams there? St. Louis? Is St. Louis there? Uh, no, it's Detroit, Ottawa, and then it's Minnesota, Toronto. Minnesota? Who's Minnesota's like famous Swedes? Backstrom? Because I associate them all I with do. Finland. Yeah, like Miko Koivu was a Finn. I think Nicholas Backstrom was a Finn yeah, too. The goalie you know, Nicholas you know, Backstrom. It was a Finn. You're right. Interesting. They have Joel Erickson Eck. Yeah, I don't know if that's a headliner though. He's not yeah, a Hall of Famer, is he? I, just, I mean, yeah. it's cool. I, I like that the NHL gives those Scandinavian fans um, some games to watch too. Like, I think it's good that the NHL went to Australia. I think it's still really good that they go and give something back to those fans too in Sweden who have been dedicated fans to the NHL for a while now they deserve this as much as as much as we do to be honest half the time yeah uh not very many great matchups across the NHL tonight Canucks Flames could be a little interesting but I expect the Canucks to just roll them and honestly there's not that much going on in terms of quality Mm -hmm. matchups but Thursday night football tonight is a good one Bengals Ravens Bengals three and a half point dogs as they had to take on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens I think the Bengals got a shot to win this game I think the Bengals will win that division. I yeah, really do. do. I I said this a few weeks ago, and I really should have put my money where my mouth was, but Deshaun Watson's out now. Quite frankly, I don't know how the Pittsburgh Steelers win football games. It's crazy that they're in the position. And Lamar Lamar showed some holes the last couple of weeks, and despite what he did to my Detroit Lions, I, uh, I think he might be falling off a cliff a little bit here, and I think Joe Burrow's legit. He's one of the best, right? It just depends on the the wide receivers. If T Higgins, I think Higgins might be out tonight too. But Jamar yeah. Chase is legit too. They're good. It'll be a, it'll be a very good game for once. Uh, we can transition that into our betting talk. If T Higgins is out, you got to hammer the Tyler Boyd props. And honestly, I kind of like yeah, T Higgins is going to be out. So 
Hammer some Tyler Boyd props. I don't hate that. I'm checking on Betway right now to see uh, what his line is for this one. Um, but I like that. I honestly might take the Jamar Chase adjusted line and take him at 100 plus. Yeah, I think that's a good one too. Yeah, Tyler Boyd is uh, quietly had a pretty good season since Higgins has been out. But uh, yeah. I might go I might go the over in that game, whatever it is. Uh, what is the over set at in that football game? 47. Uh, 46 and a half. Oh, good guess. There you go. Uh, yeah. Oh, you guessed that. You weren't even reading the line out of boy. No, no. I said 47. I just knew. I, I know mean, my lines. A little teaser. Tease the over down to 40.5 and then take the Bengals plus nine and a half. That might be the spot. Yeah, that's uh, I like that one. But I, you know what? Betting aside, I'm just excited to see some good football on my TV on a Thursday and not the Chicago Bears playing Carolina, whoever it may be. Yeah, uh, no kidding. Shout out to Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly tomorrow. It is going to be a bag milk and Liam edition of Bowen every day. Yes, the two of us will be uh chatting about. I don't know, maybe I'll play Liam's game with bag milk tomorrow. We got a we got the crown world generous guy tomorrow, so that'll yeah. be on the show. Uh, I don't think we'll do a guest. I think the three of us will include Naren. I'll just uh just chat. Shoot the shit. Um, I got to get ready to go right away to go into the office, but that gives me a chance to plug our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. One of my favorite things is the app. I'm going to start my car from the Sports Closet Studio through the app on my phone, Liam. Look at that. Wait, it'll look change that. Away. It'll Why is go, your bank account on the screen right now? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I don't even say that. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Remote start in progress. Boom. You get a little check mark up at the top. I don't know if they can see that. No, can't see it. Oh, there's a check. Oh, there, you go. there you go. One of the many perks of using Sherwood Ford the Giant as your dealership. Also, big shout out to Sherwood Power Sports and Marine opening up this February right in the heart of Sherwood Park. That 91,000 liter test pool in that all black exterior. Plenty of reasons to go check them out when they get rolling here in just a few months. Um, that is going to be a wrap on today's edition of Oilers Nation Everyday. Shout out to Jason Greger for popping by on the Star Mechanical Guest Line. Sports Closet, Sherwood Ford the Giant, Alberta Blue Cross. Get in on the next nation vacation. DoorDash and Betway. Everyone over on the Finning Cat YouTube chat. You're working hard. You're working hard in there just like Finning wants mm-hmm. to work hard for you. Remember, they have their Black Friday sale getting going right away here. It kicks off on November 20th with savings on new used and rental equipment. In addition, there will be deals on the Finning Parts and Service Department November 20th to November 24th. Look out for daily deals and those will each last an entire week as well. Finning.com slash Black Friday or you can scan the QR code at the top of your screen. Liam, you enjoy that show tomorrow. You're going to have fun. It'll be it'll be a blast. We'll see you all at noon. All right. Thanks for tuning in to everybody. See you tomorrow at 12.01 Mountain Time. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.